Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. You're ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, So, the NBA. It's only the second most weird thing on NBA Twitter right now. The NBA part is, for once, the sensible part. Well, it, it was it was nice that the Nets finally decided let's get let's get a little bit of stability around the place. <laughs> let's not hire a head coach who's immediately going to be under fire. Well, why don't we just give the job to the guy that's been kicking around in the back room for a while? Yeah. Who's grown a big grey beard in order to look extremely distinguished? It seems to be the, the go. The there's there's is, a guy. Is, there's a NFL coach called Lovey Smith who was in exactly the same sort of position. He was he'd been a uh, a head coach for a bad team in the past and not been particularly successful. So he he was kind of a permanent um, two IC kind of thing. He was the sort of person you'd give shitty interim coaching jobs. And he's ended up being the coach of the Titans. Sorry, the uh, the Texans this year. But in the interim, he's grown this big long grey beard, so he looks like um, he looks like the, just old and wizened. And I thought a lot about that when I saw Jacques Vaughn with his big grey beard. I thought he's definitely gone the Lovey Smith for, uh, school of uh, if I'm going to be the interim coach, I might as well look like I don't give a shit because I've, I've my soul has seen rivers. Yeah, the, the the thing I found interesting is like when he got his first official win as coach, you know Durant snagged the game ball for him and presented the game ball with yeah. him. And it's just like, you know, Durant must be just enjoying rocking up, playing a game of basketball with a coach, not having – you know, they can't let Kyrie come back, can they? It, it's just the vibes are so much better and they just seem to be a normal 500 basketball team w- with him not there. The problem is that there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of basketball players who don't think Kyrie's done anything wrong. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Jalen Brown, in particular, he's uh, he's out here calling out Nike on their ethics because Nike are like, no, we're not going back into business with Kyrie. Jalen Brown is a full cooker. There's The, the best description of Kyrie I saw was he, he's one of those guys, and like I oh know I've talked to, to people like this where – they think that they're way smarter than they are and they think that they're more educated than they are because of shit that they've read, <laughs> you know, like- And and they've never had anybody around them to tell them that they're actually quite stupid. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference between reading and having critical thinking about what you're reading. Uh, are we still talking about Kyrie and not Elon Musk or- <laughs> Yeah, well- <laughs> Like we said last week, the Venn diagram of Elon and Kyrie and- Kanye is a friggin' tight set of concentric circles. Well, like, and it's probably basically the target the, logo. The the master of or all of them, you know, speaking bullshit and being successful is Trump. I suppose he's like the you know the the er version. It, it he just wears his yeah. stupidity even more favorably, you know, or more, more proudly on the front. It's a feature, not um, a bug. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, like I enjoy the Nets being sort of. Like a, just a normal basketball team. Yeah. That's that's nice. That's quite enjoy that. Hey, how do you feel about the Trailblazers not having their best player and still just cruising along nicely? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't <laughs> want to see Chauncey Billups keep a job. I, he's a reprehensible human being. It's on record what kind of reprehensible human being he is, and I don't want to see him yeah. succeed. So it's yeah. no fun at all. The the interesting thing about the seventy, I was thinking the same thing about the seventy sixes and Doc, like, like Doc, you know, for a completely uh, less reprehensible reason, but it just sort of felt like he was going to be the four guy, but now they've had a couple of injuries and things just aren't going so well. Like that that team's just going to burble along doing what they're doing, you know. It's like you get out of jail. It's a little bit like the Clippers, right? The the Clippers can do. Okay, and while Kawhi's sitting on the sidelines, what what can you really say? You can't really blow it up, can you? Because he's such a large part of their 
potential success that when you are not getting any success without him there, it's not really Ty Lue's fault or the team's fault. I think that um, I think that um, the, the Clippers though that has a self sort of self destruct timer built into it because uh, Kawhi and PG's deals don't run a terribly long time. It's Kawhi's deal only runs another year, doesn't it? If it's no, when- he he resigned. I thought both of them resigned. I thought I thought it was only I thought it was player option though. Yeah. Okay. Might might. Have a look at that. Yeah, I, I know. I know that that there was. He might have done that really like, quietly. You might be right. Because a I little thought, bit, but like, I reckon he might have been doing that, thinking that you know, I've got money's a fucked, and I can play like ten games a year. Because he's yeah. he's it's looking pretty grim for that fellow, isn't it? It just. I know there's load there's load management, and there's literally just just having the knees of a of a ninety year old, and that seems to be what he's got. They're just powder and cartilage. Um, yeah, it just might be one of those. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> unless they. Unless they can, I sent this thing to to a mate of mine at the gym about they've made a, a like a collagen replacement that's uh, stronger than actual collagen. You know, has more bounce back and more uh, lifespan than natural collagen. Whereas before, all the stuff that they used to replace, you know, uh, sorry, cartilage, all the stuff that they used to replace cartilage with would basically wear out quicker than cartilage and wasn't worth the surgery. And now they've got something that. Uh, can replace, you know, cartilage. I guess, so it's it's like harder hip. than cartilage. So therefore, it wears the bone out. That doesn't seem like a terribly good idea. From no, it's, it's not hard. It's it's not harder, but it's it it doesn't basically grind down as quickly as cartilage. It's it's bouncier as well. So you know, <laughs> expecting guys with springs in their legs. But anyway, I sent him the link, and he's like, oh, "I'll just be like Wolverine, you know. I'll just lie in a bath and then just have needles all over my body, injecting it into every joint." Uh, he is contracted through to twenty four twenty five with a player option for twenty five twenty six. Yeah, that's not going to age well, is it? Forty two, forty five, forty eight million dollars over the next three years. <sighs> Bournemouth's going to have to think about that, not on a per-game basis, but on a results basis. Yeah, I guess so. Like, if he comes back, you know, all they've got to do is fall into the plane, and if he's, that, you know, the Raptors prove that you can go on a finals-winning run with him. Um, Three years ago. Mm. So it's a long time now. It'll be four yeah, years yeah, when, that, that, when the actual well, season's uh, being played, the playoffs are being played. I think it was Mahoney was talking about the fact that that, that's Mahoney of, from the Police Academy films? Or? <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's a very valuable insight into the NBA. Um, that You sort of can't think of these players in terms of when they were successful in the league just because the talent level across the league has jumped so much in the last couple of years. And I was actually thinking about Anthony Edwards and how him failing to make the Jar Morant Evan Mobley, you know, sort of second, third year player jump that the way that the Timberwolves expected him to is really impacting their team. Like they're sort of getting what they expected to get out of Cat and Gobert, but it's Edwards sort of pouting on the, you know, turning up not fit, pouting on the on the on the three point line while everyone Shouting else moves the ball. Insults out out of cars and putting it on yeah, TikTok, you know, just not. And like the fact that a second, what's he, a third year player? A third he's, year he's player. He's got he's got second album syndrome though, doesn't he? He's got yeah, you know, it's a little bit you know a little bit fatter on his own success kind of thing. He read his own press a bit too much. Yeah, it seems that way. I'm, I'm stoked actually that because I, I was like, I really think these guys might make a jump this year, and that was one that I was genuinely disappointed I didn't get in the wins pool, and yeah, might not be be too bad. I did laugh at Adam saying that. Utah is his Golden State, and Golden State is his Utah in That's the wind spell. essentially true, unfortunately. <laughs> Which I guess it's it, a net it'll wash. Flip, it's, it'll you know. flip before the end of the season. But there was a, there was a, a cool article today about like what's the actual sort of wins ceiling for getting a half decent shot at the draft, and they sort of landed on twenty five wins, right? If you if you're above 25 wins, you sort of always drop into the into those low percentages that don't really like even with the flattening of the odds. Like that's where you get out of the game, sort of thing. So, what are Utah at? Like 11 wins already, or 10 wins already, or something? Uh, just gonna pull that up. 
They're at 10 wins already. So if they did want to tank, they've only got 15 wins left to play with. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I know this isn't this Utah regime, but Utah have always done better with mid picks than they have with, with high end picks. True. Yeah, that's right. And, and like, I mean, that, that's part of that's because they generally are a, a mid pick kind of, but then, you know, Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, uh, they were. They were kind of mid 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 range picks. Yeah, and um, they certainly want like top four picks. I think X. Uh, I was going to say Exum's probably their highest yeah, pick, and then I think he was four, six or six or eight. Or was he four? Was I thought he, he was four. Was four? Or, he thought he was four. Might but he's six, the sort of he was four. he's the sort of player in the last couple of drafts would not even be top ten. I think like you look at someone like Shaden Sharp for Portland or. You know, some of these guys in the in the in the back of the top ten are just producing at a level in their first year that you just would not expect to see in sort of even four or five years ago. I don't think. But they are. But four or five years ago, they wouldn't have given those kids this time. No, and I, was, I was thinking about Scoot. Like, evidently, Scoot's been sort of been a bit up and down in the G League, and it's this just is like Scoot Henderson, the the prospective number two pick, two pick behind and I was the, uh, the big tall Frenchy kid. Like that's awesome because he's essentially getting his rookie struggles out of the road in a professional environment against you know players that are going to bang against him. You know he, he's yeah. going through that grind now. He he's going to be so much better for doing this than than going to college where it's you know play against play you know in these arenas with completely different style crowds and completely different style preparations to the NBA. I, I just can't help thinking that he's going to be much better prepared, and, and that's probably why a lot of these guys are, are coming in that way. Um, though I was, I was thinking that the NBA last night tweeted out like their sort of four or five players of the, um, uh, you know, of the night, and it was like the revenge of the Euro League. It was Laurie Markkinen and Luka Doncic and uh, Sabonis. <laughs> it's just like. All, all the players that did really well at the, at the Euros just absolutely dominating. So maybe it's just everyone from the Euros has come in, you know, in game shape, ready to ready to roll. And well, well, the way the Kings started, I don't think that was quite true uh, quite for bonus, yeah. But they're having a little bit of a moment now. They've, they've strung a couple of uh, a couple of Ws together. So it looks like Mike Brown's staying to make a bit of impact with them, which is which is nice to see. I mean, we we, we try to be King Kings positive here on the. On the Bulls podcast, mm. uh, we can't be as as Kang's positive as we are Nick's positive. Um, yes, because we are Australasia's <laughs> most it's, Nick's it's a, positive it's a, NBA adjacent podcast. Yeah. After all, it's a very similar vibe though, the, the, the Kings and the Knicks. Uh, no, not, the the not, Kings not, are a little bit more rural. I don't think Sacramento <laughs> and, and New York City are going to be compared in a lot of ways. Uh, I would say only in basketball. I was thinking, yeah, more more front office vibes than anything else. Yeah, more delusional owner. Uh, I was I was hearing a lot of stuff this week about how the East is way stronger than the West, but the East only has five sides over five hundred. So, I don't know if that's quite true. It's because they have to play other teams in the East. Yeah, it's like the Hawks looked like they were. It was maybe not going to go the way that they thought, but they bounced back and had a couple of really good wins. And then the Cavs, yeah, they beat they beat the they beat the Bucks today. Yeah, no, yesterday I think yesterday, they, yeah. And no. then the Bucks were were nine and zero, and then I think they've dropped one or two in the last day or so. They almost dropped one to the I want to say the Thunder. Yeah, they almost dropped that one. To, okay, that was double that overtime. Was like, I think it was. But I mean, the, the Bucks are doing really well for a team that's that's lacking their. Second best player and whatever you would call a healthy Joe Ingles in terms of their rotation, their sixth man. And Connaughton too. Connaughton's Connaughton. not back yeah. yet either. And, and yeah. Portland legend Pat Connaughton. Yeah, they're just just cruising along. Uh, I, I, do, I couldn't help thinking that that OKC game is absolutely perfect for OKC. Like take take a championship side to the absolute wire in an overtime game, but then still get the loss then, for your draft. And then give the ball to Poku and watch him brick a fucking air ball. That's what he's there for. Yeah. The Cavs are at eight and three. Uh, yeah, Jazz are ten and three. Sons I was just looking at the East. Because oh, I was just looking at the East to think, okay, at what point do you look at the East and say, you know, did that can that team beat its equivalent in the West? And, uh, well, the 10th is the the Nets and the Sixers are 10th <laughs> and 11th. 
And the Heat, Jesus, there's some, that, those five and seven teams, 10, 11, 12, next, next 76ers and Heat, they're not in a place where we th- would have thought they would have been. No. And- the Knicks, the Knicks are interesting because, because before yesterday's game against the Nets, they were five and five and their point differential was exactly zero. So the most 500 ass team in, you could imagine. But, uh, but then they went and got stuffed by the Nets and that was the end of that fun. Yeah, okay, so you got the Knicks, Wizards, 76ers, Pacers, who, like, please trade a couple of good players so you can drop back because otherwise why? Well, I I think, as we said in the preview, they're going to win. Their wins are going to be front-loaded in the period while they have all the players that they're about to trade in order to get down below the the barrier where they want to be. Yeah. Though the Wizards had a good good win today without – um, Beal and and Porzingis, and it was interesting that the stat about Kuzma, how well he plays when when those two guys aren't there. It's almost like you know he he sort of is like it's my time to shine, yeah. let, you know, let me cook sort of thing, uh, which m- might not be ultimately sustainable, but it's probably good if you need random wins when Bradley Beal isn't there. Well, to get through, I mean, you got, you got to. You're trying to win 82, or you're trying to win as many out of the 82 that you get. You know, there's going to be plenty of nights like that. It's going to be important. Uh, yeah, there's some teams there that because because of the teams that we would have thought were guaranteed for the top six, your net sixes and heat. There is some weirdness hovering around in the top of the East, like the the. Um, although we, I suppose we thought that the, the, abs- the ceiling of the Cavs was was a, a team that could be second in the East, but I wouldn't know anybody. I wouldn't have thought anybody would have thought the Wizards would be in the six. Raptors, yeah, well, for I, sure. Celtics, they've just, they just keep on trucking. That that's a system. It kind of makes you think that you know a, a, what was a Doker actually? Uh, I guess that's why they're not t- not too troubled by the fact that they were going that they were parking your Doker and, and replacing him because it feels like you can just you know next man up and find the next coach for that assembly line and it'll it'll just plug him in and it'll work. So he he hasn't been fired, right? Yeah, he's, he's still on the books st- at the Celtics. But, but I think I, I think that's think, about trying to squeeze money out of a desperate opposition. Like, right. I think that like was with to, the hope they were more than happy to trade him to um, the Nets. To the Nets, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was thinking if all the craziness hadn't have happened in this season, the Suns probably would have been a bigger story. You know, the eight and drama and and is is Paul getting too old and blah, and they've just been. Comp- being able to completely go under the radar and, you know, cruise to eight and three don't look like they're quite going as hard as they were last year. The only problem is that it looks like they've lost Cam. Is Cam Johnson gone for the season? Because he was playing really well. Yeah, you know, I think it's hit Achilles. Or, 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 uh, it was an ACL, ACL I think, an ACL, it? yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the West and you ignore Utah and Portland um, – it makes perfect sense. It means that the Suns are at the top, followed by the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Pelicans. That, that's that's exactly what you'd expect. It's just the fact that Utah and Portland have won more games than everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just – it really does trip you out. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't I, I, I don't understand how Utah are doing it. Oh, like coaching, buy-in – Oh, like, none none of that. I don't want to hear any of that white, that old white man stuff. I don't understand what players they have that are able to score enough points to win the game. But they're just pinging the ball around and and pulling the trigger when the when the person's open. Like it, it's it's even more remarkable because that team should have been a whole bunch of guys going. Well, I need to, you know, I need to hog the ball as much as possible and get my get my value up so I'm the first traded. Like I think of the old game of zones. Sketch where they had the you know the Nets guys all standing there, sort of praying to be the first one traded. You know the old Brook Lopez Nets being the praying to be the one traded off the team so that you could go to somewhere that actually won a couple of games of basketball. Is it possible but everyone hates not. Danny Ainge so much that they're unified by trying to fuck up his plan? <laughs> Just like Will Hardy's come in and gone right, let's stick it to Danny, and everyone's gone fuck yeah. Yes, this fucking Trumpy Mormon prick. Like, they can't really just blow the team up, right? It, it The vibes would be terrible. This like, was this team has been blown up. This is what's left when you blow it up. Well, I guess that's why they can't too because- Laurie Markkinen is their, is their star. Now, obviously, he'll be a fan favourite in those parts, but that's, that's 
It's not a sustainable plan to have frigging Laurie Markinen and the bones of Mike Conley is your plan. This is not a plan. Well, him and Sexton are yeah, young enough and have enough up uh, have enough upside that you can't even really trade them. Like you can trade Conley and you can trade Clarkson, right? They're they're a little bit more uh, disposable, but like the whole idea of blowing it up is to get young players with high upside like Markin and, and Sexton and then put them in a situation to see what they can do. And if they're doing something like this, you don't want to get rid of them. You want to put a couple draft picks around them and continue to build. So at what stage do you uh, do a um, on-the-fly rebuild rather than a, a tear-it-down rebuild, instead of a Miami-style well, rebuild? Well, that's what someone said. Do you If Miami or uh, the Sixers or one of these teams continue to be in the – you know, look like they're not going to have a good year. Do you do you go after Jimmy Butler? Do you go after? Do you go after? Not, maybe not Durant, but do you go after? Do you go big game hunting with all the thousands of draft picks that you've got, and and try and yeah? I suppose your team is an example of what happens when you you do this, uh, and you should you you overreact to a good year like the year yeah. under. Was it under Hornacek that you guys just missed the playoffs? Yep. You won like forty something games, missed the playoffs, and actually it was the it was the highest highest number of wins and missing the playoffs in the history of the NBA. Yeah, I think. was it forty eight um, or something stupid? It was a huge yeah, number of wins. wins, and that was back when the yep. Western Conference was unequivocally better than, than the Eastern Conference. Yep. Um, but leaning into that team probably put the Suns back a couple of years. Because um, yep. that was that, you know, three-point guard era. Yeah, Dragic and Bledsoe. And maybe Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas uh, with an, with was an that extra season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can't overreact to, to like, you know, this might be a, a blip and it might it might go away. But, um, you know, the man, the man needs to stay the course. 14 games is not five games, though. And there does get to a point. Like, if they... If he, if Ainge doesn't trade everyone in the next five games, they might be at fourteen and five, and you're pushing up against having enough games left to lose enough to be in the to get a decent lottery pick. Well, let's look at their um, uh, their upcoming. They're ten and three, um, and their upcoming games uh, against Washington, Philadelphia, the Kings. So that's three. That's three games against teams that are five hundred or below, yeah. and then or, or, or then they winnable. come back and play some. Yeah, well, they're winnable. They're all, all those teams are below five hundred, mm. and then they're back. They're back west, and they're playing Phoenix, Portland, and the Clippers. So by what is the November the twentieth? So like next Monday, next next Sunday, Monday our time. Um, that's going to be the point at which you sort of think shit. How badly do they want to do this? Anyway, this this is all lovely chat, but we really wanted to talk about one very important thing this week, which is ranking the, the new city jerseys. And it really is smart by the NBA to have, like, every year one jersey from every team that we can just dump on or praise. Yeah. So th- this is kind of the – I mean – in in football, it was you know deemed ludicrous that there was needed to be a third strip, and the, the advent of third strips in mo- probably in the two thousands, uh, the twenty O's uh, was kind of one of those things that the sort of people who like to say, "Oh, the game's gone," um, would get upset about. Uh, these aren't third strips; these are fourth strips yeah. because there's that- home and away, and there's there's whites, and then there's these fourth strips, and these are meant these are meant to indicate like a. Uh, Something about the city, and they're meant to key off something about about the town. But really, they are a, a, a repeated reminder that um, Nike's graphic design department have finite resources, and by resources, I mean imagination. And eventually, they run out of ideas. And the time when they ran out of ideas was about two seasons ago, as we'll discover I, when we talk our way through the. <laughs> this is the worst collection of city jerseys I have ever seen, and uh, and we have, we've done this every year for one, a couple of years. One, two, three, four. Four and a half jerseys I like in this. Counting, in this. mate, is fantastic podcasting. Oh, actually, 
five. How about well, we I just step there's... through them? This might be the best way to go. Yeah. Now, the, I think some the, of these the, work the, better the, in the description than they do in the reality. Yes, that's the thing, right? Is like I was, I was saying, it's a little bit to you earlier today. It's a little bit like reading the the album liner notes on Spotify. But some of these, you read the concept, and it's like. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. then you look at the jersey and it's like, but but that's not what this jersey looks like. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't right. represent that at all. Um, yeah, which is so- why I think I'm my, my one of my favorite ones is probably one that's getting slammed the most, but I actually think fulfills what it's supposed to do as a city jersey and will sell like hotcakes for people wanting something different to wear. Which is the other thing that this is for, right? Like, they only have to wear them a couple of times if they want to. They don't have to wear them on the court that much. This is for people to wear. This is Don't for, you reckon? More than- This is to get people to- This is to build people out of huge amounts of money. This is this is a license to print money stuff. But, but this, some, this, this is why Jalen Brown is, is tweeting angrily about Nike having no ethics. <laughs> Some of these teams take it really seriously. Like Wash- Washington and the Spurs have a whole course. We'll get to go with Washington W. We'll get to Washington. We've got plenty of content to fill yeah. in, man. All so right, tee off. I, I have the liner notes and I have I have the jerseys in front of me. Uh, so the Atlanta City City Edition jersey is a new take on its peach tree theme. Uh, it's basically black with sort of peach elements. It's decent. Boring. It it looks like a stock jersey for an off-brand uh, movie about like like semi pro or or something like that. It, it just it's it's fine. True. Um, the the Boston Celtics City Edition unique honors Bill Russell's legacy and was co-designed with the NBA icon before his passing. Imagine that meeting. Hey, Bill, just before you drop off the twig, can we design a jersey with you? <laughs> How's that going to be read? So basically, this has been out for a bit, but um, it's sort of dark green with a bit of gold piping, and it's a fantastic jersey if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, that's true. It's very green and green. It's extremely it? Milwaukee it's gold, Bucks. But it- I did hear that the the font on it was based on the on the the logo of Bill Russell's Steakhouse that he used to have in Boston. So, so that's a. <laughs> That's a fantastic bit of thing. I so the Brooklyn Nets City, City Edition jersey is a new take on its Jean-Michel Basquiat-inspired design. You know, that kind of scribbly BKLN brackets Nets. Yeah. I, fine. I, I like this. I, I would I would like I would wear this. I, I quite, don't I quite particularly, like that. I don't particularly that, have an interest in, in this particular. I mean, I know what they're trying to do, but fine. It looks it look, it's it, a bit like it, Ken Doan has scribbled on it. it. Yeah, sure. But at least it has an opinion, unlike the first two. Which I just yeah. okay. Would you wander around in a black singlet with gold letters saying "clit"? Well, you could get yourself a Charlotte Hornets jersey, <laughs> which honors the city's financial I history. I didn't know. I didn't that. know. I didn't know Charlotte had a financial history. I'm wondering if it was something to do with you know printing money in the Deep South. It has gold and mint accents throughout. The pinstripes are designed to look like the ridges on a coin. And if you look up close, oh shit, it does. They do look like the ridges on a coin. But if you need to zoom yeah, in so close, that close to the jersey, yes, you, you must be getting the, fucking the, chest is, screened by freaking Gordon Haywood or something. If you're seeing that jersey, so that 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 one, this is classical bad design. That that's one that would look good in a in a social context, except yeah. for the fact that you have clit written on your tits, which is slightly <laughs> ridiculous. That that is just classical bad design. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, let's have the ridges of a coin so small that on a television screen you won't even see the pinstripes. See, well I think done. I think it's it's good design in that, but it's it's definitely form over function design. It's like this this is a great concept that is not going to fucking work uh, in reality. It just looks like a black singlet with with a couple of thin stripes on it. The Bulls City Edition jersey has been phoned in. It's a white singlet with some red text on it. <laughs> Takes inspiration yes, from the Sh- Chicago Municipal Y symbol, a nod to the three branches of the Chicago River. And I think Y is the fucking question. It, it is the City Council of Jerseys. That's what it is. It was designed by fucking Parks and Rec. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers oh, City Edition highlights the city's nickname, The Land. And it is a white jersey with the land written on it. It is basically the Chicago jersey in a different colour. Okay, this is this is a style of jersey that I call this is the ones there's a whole subsection of these where it's just like we have a nickname that people recognise. Let's put the nickname on a jersey. We're done. We have a nickname. We also have a blank template. And we have a deadline. 
These three things are going to run into each other real soon. The Dallas Maverick City Edition Uni draws from the city's Metroplex boom of 73 with a font type inspired by the style of the area. So these are those kind of mid-blue with green highlight ones. They're, it's fine. It's decent. Yeah, I, I, I do like the font. I, I think the font is pretty, you know, it, it does. It's kind of evocative. You can imagine the era that kind of. Yeah. 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 The kind of, the, the kind of era that they yeah, built like- the, the, the crappy 80s TV show out of. Like you can, you can, yeah, you can imagine a fat detective getting out of a police car with or, police written on it in this font. Or somebody you know? shooting J. R. Ewing or something. Um, and yeah. I tend, I tend to be in favour of the the Dallas blue and green uh, jerseys in general. So you know, I don't have a problem with that one. The Denver Nuggets City Edition jersey is, is inspired by the city's architecture with the front font inspired by the neon sign at Union Station. You can imagine the Brisbane sure. Broncos doing this with fucking the the bus station, fucking Rover Street. Street. <laughs> uh, it, it's another white jersey Look, with you, just the name of the team written on the front. You've got all of the the cool stuff to work with in Denver, yeah. right? Denver's got a lot of cool stuff, and you did this. As soon as you just like, had a weed leaf, seriously? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they didn't they didn't even phone that one in. They texted it in, I think. Um, the the Detroit <laughs> Piston City Edition jersey. Was co-designed by Big Sean and honors the Saint Cecilia gym that local kids grow up playing basketball at. This is another jersey that would look perfectly all right if it was a Milwaukee Bucks jersey, but other than that, I don't know what the fuck it is for. I think I think I like just because I like green and I like that dark. I really like that Milwaukee green, so I was like, I didn't respond too badly to this one, but yeah. that's purely on the. But it's like the, it says nothing about Detroit, like though. I mean that this. I mean, also, I suppose Detroit also yeah. brought back the um, those horrible fucking teal horsey jerseys, didn't they, this year? So hmm. they really are bringing yeah, back a lot of- they're very divisive, those ones. Yeah. Um, Golden State Warriors jersey, this is the one with the sublimated golden rose in it, which is, uh, I think there was a long read. Didn't Zach Lowe do something, tell me about this, a long yeah. read about this? It's basically a black jersey and it kind of gr- a, a grain in, into a sublimated rose, which- is it fairly complicated? Representing women who change the game and lead fearlessly, which you know looks lovely. Sure, like they get they gave the the artist who's a famous artist in in the Bay Area. They gave her a brief, and I reckon she's hit the brief really well. I actually think these will look cool on TV, and I would actually be pretty. Except I wouldn't buy a Warriors jersey, but I actually think this is the perfect concept for a city jersey. Right? It's big. It's bold. And if it doesn't work, who cares? You're wearing it for ten games one year, and it's gone the next year. Or if it if it takes off like the Miami jersey, you do it for three years and riff off the same concept three different ways because everyone loves the jerseys. Three but years. Th- this is uh, well. They, they didn't they do like we'll a get we'll get to that one and we'll get to that we'll get yeah yeah we can't but, be too far away. I, I think this Warriors jersey is a lovely concept. I I don't think it's a good jersey. Okay, this is the like what we always talk about in music albums. A lot of the these jerseys are like you didn't even fucking try. <laughs> and this Warriors, they had a crack. They absolutely had a crack. Look, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a great jersey, but I really appreciate that they tried to do something different and just didn't phone it. See, in. The, the thing, the problem I have with it, and it's probably not it, this jersey's fault, but it reminds me a lot of some of those really hacky overprinted Anzac Day special or rugby league jerseys where they have like, like they'll have like an Anzac jersey and it'll have like prints of bombers and soldiers and all this crap all over it. And it's like no longer a jersey. It's like an Ed Hardy shirt. And it, it's impossible to make sense at or look at. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's still going to serve the purpose of being a sporting jersey with colors that you recognize as, as representing your, your team. Uh, and I suppose from a distance, this is just going to look like yellow to gradated to, yeah, to black. It'll, anyway. it'll look it'll look like gradating. I what color? What color are the shorts? Uh, they're black and gold as well. Oh, okay. Because I wonder if they'd go gold shorts as well. Um, yeah, Houston. They basically merged the their font from the title seasons and the pinstripe design of Yao Ming's era. I actually don't mind this. I think the, the crooked pinstripes are a little bit odd, but um, yeah, it's not it's not terrible. The dark blue is an interesting choice as well, but um, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not going to matter because no one's going to watch okay. Houston anyway because they're <laughs> that, fucking awful. This might be the worst. Jersey next, I think. The Indiana Pacers City Edition jersey celebrates Gainbridge Fieldhouse, the venue's built for basketball theme and its new renovation. 
So that is the Indiana Pacers have based their jersey on a building site. It's just I none of it looks good. So to describe it, folks, it's it's kind of blue with a black bit and some kind of scaffolding. <laughs> it's bizarre. It is. I mean, the Pacers have had some good city edition jerseys, ones that riff off the Indianapolis Speedway with you know that kind of thing. But this this jersey fucking sucks. It absolutely sucks. And I don't know what the fucking point of it is. It just shows that there's fuck all to do and fuck all to of, of cultural relevance in Indianapolis. So they couldn't. They've ran out of things to actually talk about. Uh, the LA Clippers City Edition jersey is a tribute to the city's famed Drew League, which is set to launch its fiftieth season next summer. The program's motto, "No excuse, just produce," is featured above the size tag. I think this is a good bit of trying to claim. It's that kind of. You remember when they they launched the the Bulma Clippers? There was all that kind of, yeah, you know, streetlights over spotlights we're, we're, and you know yeah. that kind of stuff. And this is also kind to claim certain parts of LA as as belonging to it uh, that the Lakers don't really um, that haven't really sort of claimed. So I actually I think this is a good idea. The jersey itself is fine. It's got I, a, a vaguely I, interesting I, I, I kind think- of Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is one of those jerseys that'll look shit on TV. It'll just look like a black jersey. Yeah. But if you saw someone up close, like if you walk past someone that was wearing this on the street, it'll look really cool. Like the, the colouring around the Los Angeles on the kind of stained glass on the jersey, think, yeah. yeah, up front would look fucking wicked. I-, I actually quite like the look of this up close. I just don't think it's going to look real good when they wear it. But graded compared to other Clippers jerseys, which are basically yeah. boring as shit, which is, is it. not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were talking about jerseys that, that looked like yeah. they hadn't actually okay. done anything to the uh, to the base template. Yeah. But it depends how you spin it, because the way that the Lakers spun it was to say the Lakers City Edition jersey is intentionally stripped back to represent, uh, that, that was in inverted commas, to represent, quote unquote, how to transform a blank page into a world of possibilities, <laughs> says the team. Basically, they said, we haven't fucking tried. Draw your own jersey. And it is horrific. It looks like somebody has designed it with with Microsoft Paint. And the font is, it's just, it's horrific. This is the clip art of jerseys. It's not it's even just, the, it, it's, it's not even clip art. It's, it's letters the, that have been cut out of a newspaper, out of a magazine. It's horrific. Well, and, and, the, and the number looks like it's been badly ironed on. I just yeah. this is this is embarrassing, man. I, like I would make sure I was injured every game that they wore this. This jersey. is the 2022-23 Lakers of City Edition jerseys. Yes, it is a embarrassing reflection of what it, of what this concept should actually be. Um, the Memphis Grizzly City Edition jersey is inspired by local hip hop album art. You didn't know that Memphis had hip hop albums, and features gold accents and diamond texturing. Um, yeah, it's this a black jersey. An- this is another one where, okay, I read it and it's like, okay, that's interesting. And then I looked at the jersey and I'm like, I don't get that at all. No. I don't know what are you talking about? No, it look it looks like a, a jersey from a regional college. The Miami Heat. I mean, <sighs> what, what's the step below the, the, texting it in? Fucking writing on a post-it note, and sticking it on the ass of a carrier pigeon. The, the Miami Heat will wear a white flipper, their mashup city edition jersey, which it was already lazy as fuck because all it was was like a ransom note out of an old issue of New Idea, where they'd taken all of the different le- uh, font combinations from all their jerseys going back twenty years and just you know, cut and pasted them into content for their jersey. And now they're just doing it on a white. This is the year of the we couldn't even be bothered making them anything other than white. The serial killer jersey. Yes. That's what I call it. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks City Edition jersey honors Bronzeville, the city's historically African-American neighborhood and hub of culture and arts. Milwaukee apparently is one of the most segregated cities in the in, in the country. Um, a patchwork side panel is inspired by local murals. It's it's okay. It's blue. I don't, I'm never never I'm never that convinced by Milwaukee in blue, but sure. No, that they they should only ever have that green or, they, or the that cream city. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's the side panel is interesting enough, but you know who cares? We're not going to see. Just, it. I don't know. You, I think you're right. It's just Milwaukee in blue just doesn't. Uh, it, it's something in my brain just doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't make sense? Doesn't make sense. Um, t- Wolves uh, City Edition jersey represents the diverse creative community. Team says each uniform is one of a kind with slightly varying graphics across the front. So they're going to randomise. They've got basically just different coloured. It's another white jersey, but with it, with different coloured stripes across the front. 
and they're just going to randomize it, like presumably like the Olympic rings do every time there's a new Olympics. Yeah. Um, uh, this, this does this feel okay. like they've run out of ideas and they've just they've gone, you know, tried something random. Uh, I think it'll look okay on, on TV. Oh, and, well, and like, the thing is, white jerseys usually it's, pop, a, it's okay. But every one of these fucking jerseys is white. Except the New Orleans Pelicans are once again honouring yeah. Mardi Gras because they've only got one idea. And it's the same bloody purple, green and yellow stripe combination, but with a, a darker purple it, base. It, it, it does look fine. good, though. It looks good. It'll do. I have to. It's not like wow. It didn't make me go to the the NBA store and look up how much the jersey would actually cost and then recoil in horror. Yeah. But compared to the rest of them, yeah, compared sure. to the the fucking the the whites, the standard whites, yeah, uh, or even the Knicks City Edition jersey, which is basically just a, a, like a nineties Knicks jersey in black. That's really all they've done there. Yeah. Again, it's it's sort of in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, it is better. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't get the mark down. That's for it's sure. It's better than the OKC jersey, which sucks. It's just a black the, OKC jersey. They, they just can't seem to make a good jersey, can they? Well, this is the, what are they saying? The OKC Thunder City Edition jersey celebrates the state's Oklahoma standard mantra of service, honor, and kindness, with a map of all seventy-seven counties in Oklahoma on the shorts front. What in case they get lost on their way home? <laughs> It's awful. It's a black jersey with with blue text on it, which never looks good. I mean, that's it looks like copy protection from an old uh, original copy of Sin City. Um, although, having said that, Orlando's jersey doesn't look terrible in that. It's it is it's black with very very faint blue pinstripes, um, which are yeah. going to be difficult to pick up so, on TV. So faint, I, like even the close up in this picture is hard to pick up the pinstripes. Yeah. So how how the hell is anyone going to? It's just a black. I jersey. think it's just going to be black. Yeah. yeah. The Philadelphia jersey is just a Philadelphia jersey with instead of sixes, it says City of Brotherly Love. Um, yeah. And it's white and it looks like it was made in fucking 30 seconds in InDesign. Um, you were looking for a good OKC jersey. Unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns stole theirs. The Suns have got, are honoring the local Native American heritage of the state and the 22 indigenous tribes located throughout Arizona, which is a lovely touch. It's the sort of thing you do when your owner is being investigated for Hina's bullshit. Um, but they do have a, it's a turquoise base color, which looks extremely, um, KC Thunder, but it, it's a, it's not a bad looking jersey. It's just, it just, it looks okay, but I was, when I saw it, like on the screen, I'm like, oh, that's not a bad OKC jersey. And then I read it and I was like, oh, I, I don't know how I feel about Phoenix yeah. wearing that jersey. I don't know. I think that the concept is really good. I just think it could have been executed a a lot better. I was watching a, a Suns game earlier in the week and they were rocking the, the old 90s Barkley era, a sort of diagonal Suns wording thing, and I thought, that, that'll that do. Just wear that. That that looks great. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers. So my, my question Sorry. for you is, who um, in the Portland Trailblazers uh, art department is a Port Adelaide fan? Well, here's the thing about the Portland Trailblazers jersey. This is the most Portland, the most Portland possible jersey. The Portland Trailblazers City Adjacent Jersey finally celebrates a long-time requested theme over the years, a design featuring the teal carpet graphic found at the Portland airport. So they have made a jersey with a, a diagonal stripe um, in, the, in, the, in the, you know, AFL sort of sash tradition uh, that is based on the design of the carpet at the airport, which is just so fucking <laughs> hipster, insufferably hipster. <laughs> I just, I just cannot, un- like, I just look at that and go. So, Port Adelaide are playing yeah. in the NBA, okay? Yeah. Port Power um, Tools. Um, the Kings one just makes laugh. me laugh because of the concept, the narrative around it is so sad. <laughs> We've the, been here for ten years. The Kings City oh Edition God. jersey honors the tenth anniversary of the franchise staying in Sacramento <laughs> with a grey oh. uniform base, presumably because that's the weather. Uh, for the first time, inspired by the Golden One Center, shouldn't it be the gold? A gold uniform base above the size tag is David Stern's signature and declaration. Signature. We're going to keep this team in Sacramento. Okay, so uh, oh. I, I, look, as as a South Sydney supporter, I understand just being happy your team fucking exists, and that, that was us for a long time after two thousand and two. Spurs City Edition jersey is a tribute to the bold turquoise, orange, and pink 96 All-Star game uniforms that were originally inspired by the city. So this is them, the Spurs, really pushing the boat out after years and years of monochrome. Or camo. Um, they went a little bit colourful with their Fiesta jerseys, and now they've gone out and smoked peyote out in the fucking desert, and they've come back in some extremely turquoise shits. Um, I like these. 
look, they're not very Spurs, but they are at least they're at least doing something. They're a lot. They're a lot more kind of Hispanic. They're evidently very, very, very popular amongst the the but like a section of the Spurs community. This has been one they've been, you know, absolutely begging for for years. So. Yeah. Is anything Go. that wasn't fucking monochrome military cosplay bullshit, basically. Yeah, that's that's what a city jersey should be, right? Yeah, to attach the entire city. Whereas Toronto, I've just made another fucking black and gold John Player special yeah. design. It look, does feature look, a subtle graphic pattern is- highlighting the six boroughs yeah, of the area. The phrase, we the north is yada, 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 in languages around the world to celebrate the diversity of its fan base. It is another gold Toronto jersey. But, and they look great. I mean, the the, the gold on black Toronto yeah, jersey generally like, look great. Uh, the ones with the chevrons, with the the way the North chevrons, I thought were the, were the ones that worked best. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's fine. And the Washington Wizards took their regular jersey and washed it with a bit too much nappy sand, and now they have a pink jersey. <laughs> look, this this is the contrast of the Golden State one, where it's like we have this cool idea of the cherry blossoms, mm. but we. Just don't want to really push the, you know, let's go a solid colour with some, a little bit of, a little bit of cherry blossom. Like, I I, I thought this wasn't bold enough. I thought if you're going to go all, you know, all out with the pink, you could have done a bit more with this. Well, the problem is that they probably should have done more with that kind of floral design, but it would have ended up looking like a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt you'd get from Lowe's yeah. for a fucking bachelor party. Yeah, I, I, the the court's cool. The, the 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 cherry blossom court is pretty cool. I have um, not watched enough Washington Wizards league pass to be able to tell you about that. So basically, yeah, there, there's um, thirty new uniforms, and almost all of them are fucking shit. Can't wait to see how bad they are next year. Uh, we're a long way away from the the highs of that Miami City, that first Miami City jersey. Well, that, that tells you how long this has been going because they they ran yeah. through three or four different colour versions. Of that. Um, sh- shall we briefly talk about the T Twenty World Cup before we go? Which is like I think when we talked about it last time, we were like, oh yeah, Pakistan's not even going to make the finals, <laughs> and now they're in the final. Yeah, well, we've got a repeat of the ninety two World Cup final. It was interesting that that Australia, Australian men's team seems to be making the same assumptions about them being great forever and not having to worry about coaching or player development that the Australian women's team that we talked about them uh, potentially falling. You know, at some stage, the rest of them are going to they're going to be caught up to, and I think Australia in T Twenty is already in that space because they just don't care. Uh, T Twenty is such a high variance thing. Um, I it baffles me that we have a domestic T Twenty competition where you can try a whole heap of shit with coaching and players and and doing stuff, and we pretty much just pick a very conservative, traditional sort of side and don't really try anything new. Um, but then we could be India that has all the talent in the world and just doesn't seem to have the flexibility of a fucking brick. Yeah, I don't know. I think the key point is that I, no one gives a shit. No. That's I think it. that was borne out by the fact that nobody – I mean, on the new pod on Jared Kimber's network, uh, Mel Farrell and Barat, Sunder Racing were talking about the fact that the crowds have been piss poor for Australia games. Like they're yeah, getting out, out, did, out crowded by multiple countries that aren't even fucking here. It's like people – it's did. like – and this excuse seems to be, oh, it's the wrong time of year. Well, for years not. No, no. The, the, the interesting thing I heard about that today is the Australian games were substantially more expensive than all the other games. Mm. So if you wanted to go and watch New Zealand, Zimbabwe, no worries. Rock up. Pretty cheap. Get a seat. If you wanted to watch Australia, England, you're going to pay through the arse for it. And everyone sort of collectively shrugged and went – don't really care that much about T20 to be paying through the ass for it. Yeah. Well, the um, problem is there's all this kind of cultural bullshit that it's like, oh, you know, all the all Langer's mates saying, oh, well, no one cares about the team, and that, largely because they've been shitting on the team all of last year. But it's just- Yeah. The, mate, uh, cricket is- It'll be really fascinating to see what- um, It's eating itself, isn't it? It really is. Well, it'd be fascinating to see what Cummins's cohort are like when they, you know, turn to being retired- because I think there is a real disappointment about how that Steve Waugh through to 
Michael Clark crew are sort of, you know, back in my daying RSL veteraning, you know, really crapping on the, the, the current generation to the point where I think it was Zampa saying that, you know, he would actively avoid talking to Warren when Warren was in commentary mode because he just felt like, you know, they're just being shit on all the time. And he's like, I'm a little bit sad about that now because when you actually got Warren in, just talked about cricket, he was a great chat. But he couldn't stop himself al- t- talking the smack in order to get the headline to make, make well, the television. It, it, it was almost like they had to crap on the current playing group to protect their legacy. And I'm, I'm putting the, the, you know, the biggest inverted commas possible around this to protect their legacy. Yeah. Um, and that, that's really poor. And, it's really insecure. Uh, and you, you, the amount of games they won, they shouldn't have to fucking feel like that. But well, maybe well, that's what they were thought to believe from the from the generation that, that I mean, I'm trying to think back to the generation that was around when when they were coming up in the nineties. I mean it was oh, well, Bill Laurie yeah, exact, and and, and well, it's the same. Chappell. Like Ch- Chapel, you know, he shit all over the next generation of players that came after him. Yeah, know, but he, he, tended be, he, he tended to be constructive. He tended to play the ball, not the man. True, I guess so. Maybe this, um, these people are not bright enough to th- know the difference. The, the 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 stuff with Langer though has just been hilarious. The way that his ex teammates just like all like almost like they had it all. You know, the press releases all pre prepared. It like smacks of LMP sort of. Uh, it sounds like a Twitter bot. They all randomly start to you know they pump out the exact yeah, same message at the exact same time. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Who programmed you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And even better, now six and out have reformed, so so you know, they're gonna lead Justin just get, Langer's re election campaign. It just gets worse, doesn't it? Uh, <sighs> fucking um, hell. It's a wiggles for Tories. Wiggles for Tories. I hope that's the show title. I really do. Um all right, Doc. <laughs> well, shall we <laughs> I don't think we can beat that. I really don't. We've got to finish on that. Wiggles for Tories. I love it. We should we should start a counter group. If only I had some musical talent. Hooli doolies for the socialist alternative. Or- <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers, folks. Gotcha. That might be your best line ever. <laughs> I get some all up dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, well, didn't you, didn't you see like the the footage of Boris and all his mates fucking partying on when they weren't supposed to be partying on? They just look like the. It, it was like a bunch of fucking uh, uni college students but, that had but the never saddest fucking grown up. Just young libs. They're just the saddest yeah. cunts. Just the saddest Young libs, but in old people's bodies. Yeah. It's just fucking... It's uh, trying to, with no social skills, just trying to snog and, and dance to shit music. Mm. All right, I'm going to grab a whiskey. I'll be back. Whereas we are cool and our musical taste will last forever. Good night, folks. <laughs>